A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the final summer special, Rule the Roost, that's a really poor intro actually, but the final of the Rule the Roost summer specials. I don't know if you've listened, you, you definitely have listened, um, but you know, we've had a historian, had a musician, had academics, we've had those who are in their own time trying to make a social change and really focus that through football um but today you know it's only fitting that for the last the last of the summer specials we speak to probably arguably the sort of person that is (laughs) making the biggest contribution not only to football (laughs) but to just society in general um so i'm joined by Mr. Tom Hayward, the co-host of the Tottenham Way podcast. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It was, that was quite an intro. Yeah? Yeah. It's a bit convoluted, wasn't it? It's yeah. My it's... sort of MO, but... Well, you've listed, like, you know, the academic historian, uh, you know, the trust, and I, I like to think that podcaster doesn't cover it, so I'd like to go with influencer, <laughs> if that's all right. I got, uh, so just to immediately take this on a caveat, but I was sort of scrolling through my Twitter feed um, uh-huh. the other day, and clearly at some point on my stag do last weekend at about three o'clock in the morning, I tweeted something that said, sorry for influencing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which immediately made me laugh on, uh, yeah. On you you haven't got a blue tick yet though, have you? No blue tick, no. Um, nah, mate. Dan has, yeah. Dan's propping up the... Uh, He's mainstream media, though, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Can't be trusted. Exactly. He said he wasn't fussed, and then when he got it through, it was just the first thing that he told everyone on that day. Yeah, of course he did. The yeah. shill. Yeah. So he <laughs> yeah. is. Verified, lads. Yeah. So, why are you a Spurs fan, mate? Let's go, let's go into that. Let's find out your Spurs story. Let's find out who you are as a Tottenham <laughs> fan. Uh, it's my mum's side. My mum's side of the family is all Spurs. Um, I don't know if it goes back any further than my granddad, but my granddad's definitely who I inherited um, fandom from, if you like. kind of remember... I can remember the day that I became a Spurs fan, and I think it was like a family gathering. And I'm, it must have been like New Year's Day or something mm. like that because there was a match of the day on. It was like Christmas, must have been Christmas time because we were all together. 
and it was uh, there was a match of the day, and we were playing Chelsea, which must have been kind of early nineties, and we lost three two. I know, of course, yeah. Um, but I remember every time we scored, I kind of like ran into my mum who was sitting in the kitchen, like having a chat to my auntie, and like updating her really excitedly with the score. And I think that. I must have been quite heavily influenced by the fact that all my cousins and my uncles and my granddad were yeah. around and like obviously put it on because probably back then if they'd been out all day they probably didn't really like know what the score was yeah. so that was the way of picking it up which was quite nice thinking about really but I kind of got really excited every time we scored and we lost I'm sure it's 3-2 and I remember at the end of it um, my granddad just said something like I'd, I'd get used to this, mate, or something like that, and I, it, it was quite telling. Is it that sort of dead behind the eyes look? As a little said, bit, yeah. 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 It was, particularly as it's Chelsea, and my granddad like hates Chelsea more than anyone. Good man, ever. Yeah, he's he's. He, I think you've said it on Raw the Roost a couple of times where it's you you were born to hate Arsenal, but you learn to hate Chelsea, and he's definitely in that kind of camp. He he grew up with them being the sort of yeah. scumbags of the sixties, seventies, and eighties and stuff. So. Um, so yeah, it's all on my on my mum's side of it. My dad's side's got absolutely no interest in football, um, like whatsoever. So it's just come from my mum really, and my mum's kind of into it now because my granddad's like ninety six. He doesn't really talk about a lot of things. He's not got a lot going on really. Yeah. But Spurs is kind of a constant. So even my mum's kind of got more heavily involved, and she listens to the Tottenham way as well. So which is good of her. Get the numbers up. She take you to your first game? No, that was my granddad against my birthday. Yeah, I think it must have been thirteenth, maybe twelfth, but I think it's thirteenth birthday. It was again my granddad's um, uncles and cousins, and they all. I mean, we we could never afford a ticket, or my my parents could never afford a ticket for, for when I was growing up. Um, so it was kind of a club together, yeah. pool of birthdays, and there was maybe about six or seven of us. And and that's yeah they they took me there and like it was a derby at home, and we drew one all. Is it more Arsenal or Derby County? Derby County. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was like end again. Just wouldn't have been able to afford something yeah, yeah. like that at the time. So it was an end. My birthday's in May, so it was an end of season. We probably finished fourteenth, maybe. Yeah, of course. Um, and we, I just remember it being you get a kind of an idea of what it's like but you, when you're that young as well you still don't really know what to properly expect from yeah. going to a big football ground and stuff um, and I didn't have that whole first sight of the pitch or like the, the smell of the ground thing I, I, if for some reason it's just never stuck with me the thing that sticks with me is just like the chanting and the fans mm. throughout the game because there was just kind of this ongoing feud with a couple of Derby fans in their away end, and one of them ended up getting chucked out, I think. And some and that I remember laughing more about that yeah. and, than I did about like sort of enjoying the game. Um, so I, I yeah, that's what I took. I remember taking away from it, and also Stephen Clement scored a last minute back heel. Clement Gem. Oh, he was terrible. He had a wonder of a left foot when he wanted it. To use it though. Well, yeah, he swung it backwards and it went in in the last <laughs> minute. Yeah, it was a. I, I think like Paulinho's in Cardiff, isn't it? Ugh, yeah, yeah. Your boy. My boy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of shades of Clements in that boy. 
unfortunately. It's funny that you say that about the smell of the pitch. Like I, I always remember the smell of fags. That was it. I just remember the, that was my early moment. I remember that smell of cigarettes like that. You know, when a cigarette is like in the open air, when it's freshly yeah. lit and it's got yeah. that almost like delicious smell to it. Yeah. Where it doesn't really smell like cigarettes. It smells like something else. Yeah. It's like a freshly lit cigarette. When was, your, that. When was your first game? Mate, um, don't know. I think like ninety one, ninety two. Could you smoke in stadiums then? Yeah. Oh, could you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was back ninety two or something. It's Chelsea. That was the first game I went to see. Oh, right. What's yeah. the score? It went three two, was it? One all. Uh, yeah. And then my second game was Forest, and we lost one 0 It wasn't a good time, was it? No, I think it's Pierre Van Hooydonk scored a clinker. <laughs> <laughs> it's he funny, was... isn't it? Because I think. It kind of depends on when you become a Spurs fan, I guess, about your, I guess, your predisposition anyway, but then the age where you grew up with Spurs. So I was growing up with late, well, early 90s and late 90s Tottenham, which was just awful. Yeah. And not just a lack of success, but a real lack of quality. Yeah. Apart from the odds, you know. Sheringham, Klinsman, uh, Anderton as well. You, they they were the gems, but mm. you know they all left us. And like, well, Klinsman was towards the end of his career, and Sheringham went on to better things. Anderton probably wouldn't have been at Spurs; he would have been at United, I imagine, if he wasn't injured and stuff. And it's you kind of grow up learning this kind of constant level of just grinding. Yeah. And I always think of like a, a equivalent now in the league and I guess it's something like Stoke probably that, just yeah. sort of surviving yeah like, you know show. when you kind of but they've still got a couple of decent players as well don't they and they've got a they've got a a, a purpose and their purpose is to spoil yeah but for Spurs in the forever it's always been about the entertaining yeah uh, and it was always even if we were having a good few weeks it was like well they haven't got the backbone to sustain it yeah so we were kind of like the lower or the bottom half of the leagues uh, you know Man United in a way yeah, like yeah. we would pull out those um, those really good performances where we'd smash Sheffield Wednesday 3-0 at home mm. or something and, it, and it's kind of followed us through the nights and into the sort of 2000 and then we started turning the corner a little bit but it, that's the thing. It was that lack of success wasn't it. It was just the sheer awfulness of having to watch it every week. It was funny. Like, like one of my mates who he's a Watford fan, but he's not really. You know how you can't really be fanatical yeah. about Watford, can <laughs> yeah. you? Really, like yeah. um, he's sort of a Watford fan. So for most of our lives, like when we were growing up, at least they sort of flirted. They came up to the Premier League a couple of times, mm. I think, but. For the most part, you know, Watford and Spurs existed in two different bubbles. Yeah. And he always sort of, as a Premier League neutral, um, used to sort of favour Spurs, sort of seem close to Spurs mm. and, uh, geographically. Um, but his his main sort of reason for that, like you sort of touched on there with the entertainment factor, was that he was just like, because I wasn't invested, I didn't really care about Spurs winning. Mm. They were always, to me, just the most entertaining team because when they're on song hmm. they're fucking brilliant and even even the dirge Tottenham teams have passed mm. would just sometimes turn up and you're like that's what everyone talks about this whole spirit of Bill Nicholson mm. this type of thing like 
they've still got that for for all the talk of being Spursy and all this and all that. When it just clicks for yeah. Tottenham, when the planets align, they're capable of that. Like fucking hell, if they could do yeah. that every week, they are they are a side. But then the next week they're going get tumped by whoever you know. Like. It was it was like a decade of those six months that Sherwood was in charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of look at those Sherwood that Sherwood's half season and think that there it Sherwood divided, but there were a good twenty percent of Spurs fans that were quite on board for him sticking around or just liked the fact that he was there. Maybe because he wasn't ABB, but they liked that, and I I always thought that that was them being a bit nostalgic for those days. Mm. You know, going three 0 down to West Brom within 15 minutes but then coming back yeah, yeah, to yeah. draw three all in the second half I mean that was sort of 90s Tottenham but in one game the the, the other thing of is with Sherwood is I, I do kind of even though it didn't do it with me I you know I'm not going to hide the fact that I was never really a fan of the blow but I can see why people are drawn to chaos in that yeah. way <laughs> yeah. because it's yeah. like you know Nobody fucking knows what this fella's bringing yeah. to the table, really. Like, there's this probably, you know, there's this sort of tenuous, like, oh, he's worked his way up through the mm. club and he's influenced these younger players. And But no one really knew what he was about. We just knew that he, were, he used to play for us and he was a bit of a gobshite, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Seeing him in press conferences, being a bit of a lad, it, it kind of was like a bloke off the street, you know, was sort of pulled in and was just like, do you want to do this? Like, do you yeah, want to have a go? Yeah. And, I, I I see why it's attractive. I do mm. I do get it. Like I and you know I know. I know the shtick and like my bravado around it was to sort of be very like derisive of people that were sort of into <laughs> showing and stuff. But if I'm to reflect on it, you know, as my uh, as as I do in my quiet uh, <laughs> as moments in, of contemplation, as an influencer, yeah, <laughs> I don't have a blue tick either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I'd be I I think that would be cans the day Tetrunk. Gets a, gets a blue tick. It That'd would be, be pretty right. special. So we're talking about influences, mate. And you spoke before about the fact that you know when you your cousins came in to watch match of the day, your granddad did. It was in a time when you know the internet wasn't there. Mm. CFAX, if you even had a TV good enough for it, <laughs> teletext or CFAX was the way you get your football updates, or you know listen on the radio and hear the odd bit, but you know, the internet now has completely changed mm. changed the game, hasn't it? Game's mm. gone. Game's, Game's gone, gone, mate. Yeah. Internet's done it. Yeah. Game's more football. But what we're doing now, you know, sitting down having a chat, boiling a bit of piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been possible. Like, no. even six, seven, eight years ago, you know, I think podcasts have existed, like, you know, I think, well, like, when I first started doing, like, Fighting Cock and stuff, Flav, that was... Five years ago or so, and mm, must be more. Yeah, than that. Uh, yeah. I think I seem to remember yeah. 2012, like the the red nap, yeah. the last red nap um, season. But season. like, I, I never listened to him when he first sort of was speaking to me about it. I was like, yeah, go on, give it yeah. a go. I don't really know what this this lark is, but yeah. do it. Um, when did you sort of? When did you first get into it? Because you, you do it with Dan Kilpatrick, right? Yeah. He, he he is the Tottenham way. Yeah, if I'm yeah to be yeah, it's yeah. it's actually I, I was um, 
I think I've said this to you before, but I was thinking about it a little while ago, and I think so. Dan was uh, the Tottenham way. That was his Twitter account, um, and that was the website, and it was a blog, and it was where he basically what he set up when he came out of uni, and he um, kind of did it for the purpose of getting a bit of chat and a bit of transfer news. Yeah. But I mean, it's pure clickbait because I think. I'm, I might be wrong, and I don't want to be. Shots in there, yeah, I don't want to be doing it a disservice, but I think it. What he used to say, like you know, every click on an article is a you know a fraction of a penny or something like that. And when you get good summers like um, the AVB, uh, the Seven or the Magnificent Seven Magnificent or whatever seven it is. Times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not to rewrite do, history. Now, speaking no. of disservice, yeah. Um, that was obviously great for oh, yeah. for a website that relied on that sort of thing, and I think that so the way that me and Dan met was that he kind of put out a tweet and just said, "Look, if anyone's interested in writing a couple of articles um, or doing some features, then let me know." And I'd done a couple of bits with the Fighting Cock. I tried to. I actually had my own website at one point as well, which went terribly because I had no interest in the actual upkeep of it. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those. It's just not for me, no. and it takes setting up a website to process. Realize. Yeah, yeah, code. Yeah, what? So I got in touch with Dan. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm interested," and I ended up writing a couple of like, stupid sort of Daily Mash style newspaper yeah. fake news stuff. Um, and here we sort of like half discussed the idea of a podcast, and I don't think we really were taking it seriously at the time. And then we kind of just met up in a pub one summer and was like look if we're going to do it we need to kind of really um what's the word like we really need to what's the word we need to settle on it and we need to yeah. we need to be sort of determined to to go through it a bit basically because we knew it would be a commitment we knew what you guys did at rule the roost and we knew what the fighting cop did and it was a weekly thing and it was never you know, never winged, and it was never just sort of modelled together because, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what we put out, people listen or not. Mm. You know, there was a plan and stuff, so we kind of had to put our heads together. But this was this was when he was still the Tottenham way, and six months later, six months into our first season, Dan got the gig at ESPN, and I, I just think it probably wouldn't have happened if it had happened the other way around. I don't think he would have started a podcast as ESPN's, you know, Spurs correspondent, because it's at times it can be not risky, but it's you do go into a bit more detail yeah. on podcasts, or you do say things that may not be problematic, or probably wouldn't even get you into trouble, but you do afterwards have to think twice about certain. He's got professional considerations. Exactly. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, even I do to a level, but his is it's literally his job and I think part of setting up the Tottenham Way podcast was he was able to go into interviews or, or you know when he was looking for to, for full time employment as a journalist he was able to say well not just the blog as a back, as a sort of a CV then there's also the podcast which comes yeah. out every week and we produce it we write and run it it was like, like adding a bit of substance to it um, but you know to, to his eternal credit he's still with us and still doing it every single week and doing it kind I'm, of with the I'm same don't my cup is I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't you know do too much. Is, yeah, yeah I know yeah uh, I don't yeah <laughs> he's hosted this week so um, he's he's feeling particularly happy with himself I think um, 
but he does, you know, he's still there every week, he still gives the same level of insight and enthusiasm as he did when he was, don't say just, but when he was a blogger, you know, yeah. when he was just had his website, so <coughs> it's a nice sort of position to be in, um, but he's sort of so much further, and the, uh, by sort of association, the pod is so much further up in terms of sort of creditability yeah. because of what Dan does. Um, I think people will maybe interested in uh, just having an, another Tottenham podcast yeah. maybe, but it didn't really take off until people maybe realised that Dan had access mm. and, you know, he had things to say and, and stories to tell um, and things that he could expand on that maybe he couldn't say in articles yeah. and stuff like that. So um, it's an interesting one. Because I'm, I'm just interested to know because I, I think I'm correct in saying, much like myself, you don't really harbour any aspirations of being a journalist or anything no. like that. So w what is your motivation for... What is your motivation for... Yeah. <laughs> For, for podcasting. For our art. Um, yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it, it is fun. Like, because you, you get, you, I think one of the big selling points of podcasts, of, of, sort of good podcasts, ones that you can settle into and listen to, is that there is a structure, but there's also an element of just kind of including you in the conversation. So that's why things like listener questions and that are, are obviously really important because... Yeah it does add another voice in and it does add something else that that maybe one of you hasn't thought about and then you have to on the spot and it kind of just brings a bit more conversation out. Um, and it's it's just an interesting dynamic, I think. But it, like I say, for Dan, maybe there is a, a there was an element of career development and stuff like that. For me, it was just... I just kind of liked the idea of doing it. Yeah. And I liked... Lord of Roost, I liked Spurs Show, I liked the Fighting Cock. And none of it's looking to usurp. You know, you're not starting one to be better or better fucking up with, mate. Well mate, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But it, it's not that's not what it's about. It's adding your adding it's just I think it's I'll say Adam Buxton's podcast intros, I added another podcast to the giant podcast. Yeah. And that's the case now, you know, people say it's a criticism but it's also a bit of a sort of a jokey aside when people say oh, anyone can start a podcast nowadays yeah. and that's true and you can and it just depends on how you do it and if you're using it as a criticism then start your own podcast go yeah. for it mate because it's you know I'm not going to be sitting in saying that I'm a martyr for the things that we do but there is time into it you, people look at an hour podcast and you think well you've sat down you've talked for an hour and then you've just clicked publish you know, there's, there's more to it than that and you do plan and you do have discussions and you edit and you publish it and then you've got to brand it and stuff like that it's, so I don't want to sound like it's this huge art form but it's not a, an hour on a Monday night you're looking at sort of five hours every week of uh, the time that you're giving up if you like but you wouldn't do it if it's not fun why yeah. would you spend that amount of time in one evening if it wasn't a laugh and that's kind of why the only reason I do it it's just for me personally. It's just a good laugh. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, you, I'm. I've sort of found doing these summer specials as well. It's just it's. I mean, the whole point, as I was sort of saying to you off off air, 
<laughs> yeah, there's no real way to say no, no, that no. wank is it? Yeah. Um, is it like the thing I really wanted to get to th- through these specials is that you know we are all sort of united by this common thread, which is Spurs. Yeah. Um, and although everyone has their different stories, I found to be honest, like every, I'm, it's not that everyone isn't enthusiastic about their own thing. You know, obviously, like you know, you've got like. Tom, who has devoted his life to his music, or Richard's career is, he's an archaeologist, you know, Chris, who's the co-founder of LGBT Spurs, mm. you know, like, she passionately, like, campaigns for for that um, cat, obviously gives her yeah. whole life to that, but it's just so enlightening, and it, I, I don't know, it's just so nice seeing that the first section of the pod when I'm talking just about Spurs and people's own Spurs stories, that so people's faces light up and it just, it, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, I, mean, it, 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 I think as well, it's it's interesting how there's crossover with, when you think of, you know, Tom's played at uh, like the Antwerp Arms or something like that, which is quite a trust heavy, or heavily influenced by the trust in terms of what they've done over the past couple of years and being a community pub and stuff, you know, and... Uh, it, and it, there's, a, there's crossover everywhere, you know, Tom's been on a couple of podcasts and Kat's been on, you know, every single podcast and sort of had the same similar conversations and because there is that common bond and it's Spurs and it's, mm. it's everyone has, it, that, if you boil it everyone down, that's the only reason you're actually chatting to them or have come across them in the first place. So, you know, it, it's, it is interesting. I mean, it's it, like I say, it's been a huge drop off. <laughs> in terms of, I mean, considering last week you had an actual like lifelong academic who was incredible, um, and I've got so much time for Philip. <laughs> you've you've ended it with a bit of a downward curve nah, for podcasting. Right. You're, you're, you're doing you're doing us a disservice, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we have another beer? Yeah. Sure. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So, 
I mean, like we were saying, like, I think podcasting has been established for you know, probably five years, but probably the past couple of years is mm. when they, you know, there's really been that boom. You've had like Serial and these kind of mm. massive things where podcasting is something that like your mum or dad has heard yeah. about podcasts now. Yeah. Um, um, at the creators of, um, with a lot of abuse and yeah. interesting uh, comments about the, uh, yeah. Um, we, we won't go into that. Or could we? Oh, it's up to you, know, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, like, it's probably, yeah. you find, you, like, it's quite, it's quite odd, isn't it? The sort mm. of flack you get. I, but again, not to do the martyr thing. Yeah, I get it, though. I, I, um, it's, it's understandable. You're putting... You're putting your voice out there in a medium that isn't really is, is certainly not easy to have combated. Yeah. If you put out an hour of you and somebody else talking and you know by and large agreeing on things, mm. we get a lot of stuff in the comments that say, "Well, I'm not too sure about this," and you generally find that most of the maybe Twitter conversations that start on the back of a pod kind of go between two people that have listened to it. Yeah. And they may maybe neither of them agree, but that's where the conversation comes in and that's I guess where kind of where we wanted to take the Tottenham way from the start. We we're not talking about, you know, giving fans a voice or we're not talking about kind of getting just anyone on to to toe the line if you like. The whole idea was to kind of open it up to people who we knew we could trust to kind of be interesting and it's mates and just people off Twitter basically but there were people that would disagree with points that we'd make or you know they maybe have a different perspective of something that we'd been talking about the previous week or something like that and it generally that was okay but then there's that extra level isn't there of just it's, it's the anger isn't it it sometimes. is anger and that's and that's bizarre because you're not doing anything that somebody else couldn't do themselves if you if you were if you were that annoyed that somebody was putting that sort of opinion across or or just the method of what you were doing cuz twitter's its own blog you know it's a, it's a micro blog people on that arguing about people doing podcasts is just so misplaced like it's the if somebody who wasn't on any social media maybe didn't listen to any podcast had no outside influences and stuff like that wanted to have a pop fair enough that's just about fair mm. enough because you think okay you're coming from a place where there is no outside influence you are yeah. you but it's just kind of cliquey, isn't it? In the end, and we're guilty of it as well in some respects. But which, like, my thing is like with with any type of social media, and especially something like Twitter. I mean, I can understand it more so. Facebook is something where you can keep it pretty closed doors mm. if you want to. You're just talking with friends and family and such, and well, you have the odd person that's locked on Twitter mm. that you know isn't looking to engage publicly, but Twitter, most of all, is it's digital speaker's corner. Hmm. It's a soapbox, you know? Yeah. And the whole purpose and the whole reason for being there is, as much as it's, you know, people say it's about conversation or it's about finding out opinions, but it's still, it's a it's about an ego stroke for yeah. every yeah. single person using it. And it is. It's all about validation. It's mm. all about saying, 
this is my thought on something. This is my notch on this conversation. Yeah. This is my little, you know, place. I am here. Listen to me, mm. you know? And we all do that. And I, to me, like, doing a pod is just like, it's a long form of that. Yeah, definitely. You know? it's, if you can't get everything that you want to say into a tweet, you know, you, you write a blog. Yeah. That's what blogs are for. And if you can't put things into a blog, maybe you're not a great writer or something like that, you kind of do other ways of doing it. And like we said earlier, there's no end goal to the Tottenham way. There's no, there's no kind of career development for myself or Dan that is going to happen because of the Tottenham way podcast. Mm. Not necessarily anyway. We can get, you know, some higher, let's say, sort of, uh, more well-known guests or you know we've had a few journalists on and stuff like that that kind of changes the dynamic of what we do um, but generally there's not you can't go anywhere with a podcast and you're not looking to make money off of it you're not looking to make a career out of it it's just something it's, it's a hobby that's the thing and, and when people do have a pop or when people do you know say something like you know, all these podcasters just uh, want to be Twitter famous, which is one of my favourite uh, phrases that people seem to use. People who don't like. I'm already it. Twitter famous, wankers. But I mean, what is I've got more followers than you? <laughs> Not you. Well, I, yeah, 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 I do, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm to Trump. <laughs> you are to Trump. But you know what? So what? What is Twitter famous? I mean, how? Surely you'd just feel sad for a person that wanted that. You know, like why, why, why get angry with them? Just pity them. It's ridiculous. And also, if you offered it, half of these people are creating their own character, and the whole point of their character is to be liked and enjoyed yeah. by you know as many people as possible. You try, honestly, it's such a such a ridiculous thing. But if you offered somebody and said, "There's ten thousand people that we could put your tweets out to right now, who if they read it, they would absolutely love it, and they would all follow you immediately." Not a single person that would go. No, I'm not actually that fast, really. Yeah. You know, everyone loves a retweet. It's validation. It's a game. Whole point of it, and it's it's the same things with podcasts. It's if you get a load of people that go, that was really good, mate. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. It's it's obviously a nice and validatory feeling, isn't it? But but you know, like I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of mas- masochism, but like the whole sort of thing. Like you know, you know my fucking shtick. Everyone. Listen to this and there's my shtick on Twitter now, like just winding people up every yeah. now and again. Poke the bear. But there is something I quite I just quite like about it <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Like when I do when I know that I've elicited like don't get me wrong, folks, like I, I you know, I'm all about the ego validation. So when you send me these like love the pod, like I'm <laughs> I'm not turning those away. I'm not kicking those out of bed. You know what I mean? But at the same time, when I do get those you fucking ego, blah, yeah. you this, you that. There is that little bit of me that's like, I love the fact there is some bloke in his <laughs> house somewhere that's like all angry because a little, a, a man with a picture of an elephant <laughs> has tweeted yeah. some bollocks yeah. about nothing yeah. that I've just said being like, I know what will piss someone off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then they've come back to me being like, you fucking ego, this, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, but yeah, I am, and I love that. It I love definitely it. works both ways, though, because they, I say they like it's some sort of 
like the lower order <laughs> divided by the wall. This is doing nothing for podcasts. The non-podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is doing nothing for us, mate. But you know, the 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 people that do hate on it and are vocal about it, but they you do tend to find that they're starting to cotton on to the fact that they can fucking trigger you. You 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 used to be able to trigger them all the time, and it's still a, a good sort of eighty twenty split. But there's definitely starting to be this kind of wind up cycle that happens yeah. between the two. And but the thing is, is that there's never there's never really been a part of me that's gone. Well, the podcast must be the wrong thing to do mm. because it's a fucking hobby. Like you wouldn't get somebody that turned up to a tennis court. And just like screaming abuse at somebody because they didn't like tennis, <laughs> you know. It's it's the that same would be quite thing. funny though. I'd, I'd, yeah, I've done it, but no, no. it's just it's the same thing. It's the same aspect. So if you don't like something, you don't have a pop at somebody else doing it. I mean, that person's not forcing you to have a game of tennis with them. They are not in the same way as we are not going around to people and saying, "Listen to this." So if you want to, block us or mm. or unfollow or whatever if, if you if there is such a huge problem just get rid you know I, I do it regularly if, if there's somebody that retweets too many things that I sort of disagree with and stuff and people call it unhealthy and say that it's the wrong way to sort of take social media it's not these are the people that know they're pissing people off because they're dickheads or they can be dickheads mm. this is it it's no you're not out there looking for an open conversation you're not trying to fill a timeline or you know, you're not trying to do that and get as many voices as possible because clearly that's a problem for you. There, If there's too many voices, if there's too many podcasts out there, that seems to be an issue for you. So why are you exposing yourself to it? Why are do you allowing it to happen? Do you ever consider, though, the, the thing that I always think is quite interesting is that, like, there are, there are some characters that will, like, purposefully target, you know, football writers, bloggers, podcasters. That it's like it's a bit of a um it's a symbiotic relationship, right? That they're, they're criticizing you, but at the same time they're trying to leverage your product, what it is that you're providing, the thing that they say they hate, but they're leveraging that to in turn gain their own form of notoriety. To yeah. Be, the the bloke that hates podcast, the yeah. bloke that calls out the bloggers, yeah. the bloke that does that, you know, he doesn't exist without you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the the only thing I'd sort of say back to that is, who's, you know, I guess maybe this isn't this wouldn't be seen as a good thing to those people that are anti blog, anti podcast stuff. But you know, who's who's putting the work in to do something that they enjoy? Really, I mean. Unless you really enjoy spending a lot of hours online just constantly mugging off other people's interests and hobbies, mm. the people that are getting something out of it are people that are working a bit hard. You know, take podcasts out of it, put journalists in there. These guys, people think that you turn up to a game, you get to watch it for free, you bang out like an hour long, uh, in an hour, an article about the game, and then you go home. It's not doing it. Well, it's an hour and a half, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, but it's is there's a interesting and sort of extension of that that I didn't know about. Yeah, and people have a go at that, and it's just been it's bizarre. It's really bizarre, and I think that it's it's another case of look, I disagree with you, and I don't know how to handle it. 
Mm. And that's not anyone else's problem. You can disagree and you can have discussion, but there's a way of doing it. Yeah. And they'd never take that route. We had a... So we had somebody last year... Uh, it actually, was in the first season. Um, a friend of mine, like a good, an old friend of mine, who's now a stand-up comedian, he went on the pod, and I did the usual thing of saying, "We've got this guy on. Any questions, stuff like that." And I mean, no one's going to be asking, you know, Spurs fan, stand-up comedian, you know, what's the latest on so-and-so deal. People just sort of ask the questions. So, and I think, I think the response to it was something like, "Why?" Why don't you ever get anyone interesting on? And okay, a fair question, like just about. I mean, it's a bit, you know, it's all right, mate. It's my mate coming on. He's he's a pretty good laugh. He's a Spurs fan. He yeah. kind of know he's been going for like fifteen years as well. You know, all right, take your point. Then there's a pile on because he asked that question, which may have been, maybe it had a bit of nastiness to it, but because somebody had gone in, it's then all your mates behind, isn't it? All of those people that come in on the back of it, and they just got immediately just got personal with my my mate. So I'm like, well, oh, I've never seen you on telly, or oh, is that one of those jokes that you're doing, or something like that? And you're like, where where's this come from? Like, why does it need to go in this direction? Think of the initial thing that has prompted the tweet amongst us. I'm running a podcast. My friend who does stand up for a living is coming on it do you have any questions? And it went mm. from that to your career's a joke and I, you know, all of these things that I've got to say about somebody that I've never even met. Mm. It's a very bizarre, quite hateful mm. term. Um, I think it's yeah. just all the time, isn't it? I remember it's like, it's, it's one of these things like, I, you know, this stuff it used to really, really get to, but I'm a bit older now and I've mm. had like this sort of shit for years now you know from when days when I was doing my old animations and yeah. that and this kind of thing like you know I've had people firing shots and it, it used to really like it used to properly get to me I'm not ashamed to say that it used to really get to me I, I, I think it was Flav like way back when and he, he, he used like the perfect analogy for it of just like you know you're sticking your head above above mm. the parapet though mate like mm. you know people are going to take a shot at it they're going to and that's just it and you you have to just be prepared. You you have no, you have no privilege here, mate. Like you you mm-hmm. have no, there's there's no reason why you shouldn't be criticised. There's no reason why people shouldn't just be nasty to you. There are nasty people. People mm-hmm. are just horrible. There's there's nothing that, you know. The world's not there to 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 protect you and to, I don't know. I I know it's just maybe it's a it's a sad. This isn't all what Flav said. I'm sort of going off on it. He, he said a bit about the parapets. He didn't go on this big monologue telling me that the world's not a nice place or anything. Even though I'm sure he'd agree with that. But like, uh, just off of the off the back of that though, it is I guess that you know, there's no reason why anybody should be accommodating of you. And I, I know it's shitty. It's a shitty way to think. Mm. But you know, I I don't expect that of anyone. I just try to sort of put a decent side of myself out there and you think, I think but, then, but then I think well I'm probably a dick as well <laughs> yeah, you know is th- this is it but then I think well, well look at the stuff I tweet all the time yeah. look at how I attack people I'm a dick uh, I am and I know I am so it's like what am I moaning about but I do think there's a the line there is you wouldn't if you'd never heard a song before you wouldn't say it was shit 
you wouldn't go out there and say, well, this is terrible. Or, why, why is this song not interesting if you've not listened to it? So, and you know for a fact that most of the people having pops never listen to an episode or haven't actually engaged or... But you say that, and I, and I, if you heard Naffy saw a tweet, listen to U2's new single, you'd have a pop at it. You probably would, you know? I guess, yeah, but that's... That's probably a I've, poor example because Bono's a total... I know what you mean, but I've heard U2 songs before. Oh, oh I, I, I have you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello. <laughs> We're in a place called Vertigo. <laughs> uh, oh, that was a shameful one, was it? No, what was the... No, it was that one, wasn't it? We were saying, yeah, uh, that... that, that, that... <laughs> <laughs> Me and my mate always used to joke about the fact that song, that was the song that, you know, like the sort of half-absent dad that doesn't really know his kids. <laughs> yeah. When he, knows, when he knows one of his sons is like into Slipknot or something, he's like, you like all this heavy metal, don't you? Like, buys him like Vertigo as a CD single. Yeah. Let's rock out, son. It's Christmas time. Yeah. Ends, ends the night, like, you know, the son's gone to bed. I hate you, Dad. <laughs> you don't know me at all. Dad's there. He's got a Vertigo on. He's <laughs> been on the whiskey all day, Christmas day. He's got his paper crown on his head. <laughs> He's dropped him off and it's yeah. straight back it's to Travis. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Just tumbling over onto the fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> that's took a dark turn, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's it though. Just wants to get back to the Travis CD. Don they star. Ah dear. Right, uh we've sort of rambled a bit there. What's the uh what do you think? What's the <laughs> What's the future, old mate? Was it? Are you, you know, you, you entertaining the idea of a live show? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I, we've not really discussed it. Um, but I think, you know, the 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 fighting cock doing the live show was a, an, an incredible move, and I'm really happy that it's been successful. But the difference, I think, is that they've got, I think, that core listenership that would go to something like that because they're not just there for the insight because there is genuine insight on the fighting cock that's that's it's not just that but there's a real community aspect to it that lends itself to a live show it's that sort of you know they're the kind of glastonbury whereas i think if the tottenham way was to do a live show it would probably end up like one of those gigs you see in a library you know <laughs> like you know, the, on a record store. Yeah, like yeah. the acoustic guitar and what what you'd call a blows and socks and sandals. Yeah, what right. you'd call an intimate gig because you know it's shit. <laughs> um, you know, let's, but let's see what I mean. The fighting cock lends itself to that sort of. Yeah, yeah. Everyone gets a beer. Everyone gets to listen up. But at the end of it, we're going to watch the football. We're going to get a bit pissed and we're going to sports spurs. It's not really. I don't think it's something that we would be able to pull off. Full stop. Um, I certainly don't think we've we've probably not really got balls to try it either and or the probably the numbers to try it necessarily like the hashtag numbers the hashtag numbers yeah i think a lot of our a lot of our listenership comes from america and i'm sure it's the same for you um and it was until raj scared them all off oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quite a few aussies aussies and as well far east is, seems to have yeah. um you know there's a lot of um south korean and um, even like Vietnam and stuff like that. That yeah, it is it is interesting. And you do think you wonder if it's an anomaly. I and mean, then it's every week. You know, there seems to be like one guy from Peru that 
listens to us. And Top of my live in Peru. Yeah, there you go. Be a good laugh. It would be a good laugh. I imagine it would be um, an expensive trip for not a lot of return necessarily. But I just don't know. I doubt it. I don't think. Um, do you know fancy like even even without the crowd though? Do you not know, sort of do you not have that yearning because you? What do you mean? Well, just like just to do it. Is it is it not that like feeling that like even even if you didn't have like a massive crowd there that it might be just a, an interesting experience. Yeah, it'd definitely be an interesting experience. I just think that there's probably a lot involved with the setup and the, mm. the kind of going through of it that would probably, at the end of it, lead me, or maybe us both, myself and Dan, both to sort of go, well, why why did we try that? Like, what's what was the end goal mm. of that? Um, and, yeah, it's just not going to be something that we entertain I don't think I think we're happy with what we're doing you know we've we've had two seasons now and we've only really sorted out our sound problems within the last six months and I think that kind of says it all about what stage we're at with the Tottenham way yeah um so I don't know I mean look Dan's career is almost certainly going to go from strength to strength um you know I'm getting married in a month and I've got, you know, a new job within the last sort of few weeks that's going to take a lot more of my time. Who knows? We may end up making this the last season. We don't know. It's, I, I doubt it. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, what do they say? Like, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Yeah. So, we, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I think for now, we're happy enough with what we do. I think we're we're really happy with the content that we provide. Um and we're happy with the current setup with getting fans and bloggers and journalists and broadcasters and stuff like that on at the moment. It just seems to be working. And it's good. I do like it. I like the way it's. It does feel very, very organic the way you guys set it up. Like it's a decent chat, and you're you know as you've gotten bigger. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know, as you've gotten bigger, yeah. you're sort of. It's not even about no. I was going to say your caliber of guests has gotten better, but. It, I don't think it. I don't think you've got consciously gone out mm. to like choose higher caliber. Mm. Caliber's the wrong word, anyway. But yeah, I know what you mean though. Like, so like more expose your first summer special, for example, um, that lad uh, Jerry Cox mm. that you had on, and this this is just what I mean. Like, perhaps that like now you're a bit bigger, you have got more of a platform. Maybe it's just about your own confidence. Because I, I can't imagine like. <laughs> Jerry's asked for your listener figures and stuff like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like you have that confidence. Yeah. Like, well, let's actually let's approach this guy. Let's get him on. And, and it's Dan's, you know, foray into the world of journalism. Like I say, he got that job in the middle of our first season, and I think by the end of the first season, we had uh, Liam Toomey, who is Ch- the Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. He's too friendly for Chelsea as well. He is. Yeah, he's far too. He's brilliant, Liam. He's he's just got this weird encyclopedic knowledge of football, like everything. He's just incredible to speak to. You need to get him up against Felonius from Flying Yeah, it could be interesting, but I was expecting a bit more because the first time we had him on was the two-two yeah. Chelsea, and we was I was expecting. Yeah, well, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was, thought there might be a few more digs. But he's he's a good sort of genuine, and, and I think having someone like him on made me and Dan both realise that. 
this is a good way to go. And we actually mixed him. He was on with um, Rich Arrowsmith. Um, good lad. Hashtag good lad. Good lad. Also of ESPN as well. Um, it kind of, it worked as a dynamic. Mm. And we had that thing of everyone was kind of, yeah, we all want to kind of go in on each other a little bit here, but there's an aspect of this that is a bit professional. And actually, I think we took a lot from that. And in the second season, we had, you know, we looked at Greg Stobart, um, Tom Allnut we had on. There was, you know, it was kind of too many to mention, which is a really nice position to be in. And it does add a slightly it's a different... a nice one. You can't remember everyone you've had on. Yeah, that's That's it. why I put in it. Like yeah, that. it was something we had on twice. <laughs> <laughs> um there is kind of too many though. It's that's yeah. how it works in the end, and that's from Dan. That's from Dan going around to people and saying, "Look, if you're interested, then come on." A lot of journalists. You look at something like Football Weekly. That's obviously very Guardian centric, but outside of that, there's not really that much for a lot of the mainstream journalists to maybe go on mm. and guest on. So, and so many of them do follow Spurs as well as their main kind of that's the club that they're assigned to. Um, and it kind of, it's a good dynamic to have, I think. I think the reason I think that Tottenham Way works or, or why it's perceived, you know, perceived to work is that Dan's, Dan's the king and I'm the idiot. And that's why I think it's, it works as it is. We're not trying to kind of, neither of us are trying to be the other Dan's not trying to be kind of every man you know punter at the gates you know I'm a Spurs fan first and foremost journalism second he's a journalist he has said before you know he didn't get to go to a lot of games before the journalism came in and now he does it and he gets to go and he's got this insider access to everything at Tottenham yeah and I am I am the idiot I am the 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 mouth breather in the stands that has this perce- perception of, you know, some and so's lazy or Carl Walker's only going for this for the money or something like that. Yeah. And Dan will immediately come in and say, well, I think it's a bit more nuanced than that. And then he'll kind of explain things further. Well, up his own ass, isn't it? It's massively up his own. But he's, yeah. he carries it so well. That's the mm. problem. The arrogance works with so. Dan. It's the Oxfordshire, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but again I think that's why it works Dan yeah, yeah. is the he's a you know the posh boy and I'm just the bit of rough that has to sit in front of the microphone and basically stroke his ego for yeah. an hour but it does work you're a good foil it's, it works I think well. that's it that's the word foil's the right word it's um, and it, it's it's the way it's a play almost but we do you know we do argue on the pod we do because we're from almost different worlds, he will say like, "Well, who the hell is saying Trippier is better than Walker or something like that?" And I'll say, well, "Well, not me, but here are all these people that I've been exposed to on, say, Twitter or whatever that are saying this." And then, and then there's other times where I will say something like, oh, "Well, well, I'm surely like Pochettino is thinking this," and he will just furrow his brow and go. No, of course not. And they will give this like long reason of why I'm wrong, and that works. That's the conflict. That's mm. the the up and down, and that's the the black and white. So, and I do think that's that's kind of a recipe for success for it. Um, I don't know what the original question was. Was it where is it going? 
I guess so. Like it was yeah. kind of go around the life stuff and just mm. you know how it's, it's grown. Not, you know, it's not going to go on forever. We we. But it is interesting because you know, like Raj and I, Seb as well. Like we've you haven't really set an end date on it. No, but, you know, you it's, can't. It's impossible. Yeah. And what's interesting though is that we've done this while Spurs have been good. Yeah. And we've and when you look at how long Royal Roost has been going as well, we've only really had that Sherwood six months or the AVB yeah. and Sherwood year where that was miserable. We've really had that horror. Yeah. Um, and. It would be interesting to think, you know, next season, Wembley, mm. you know, cut a key player leaves, we've got to go to our second of three mm. new home stadiums. Um, we know how bad it is at Wembley. We've, you know, there's all the yeah. aspects that could make it quite a, a horrible season. And it will be interesting to see what that does to something like the Tottenham podcast or something. We've ne- we haven't had to deal with it. First season we came third. We had a title challenge. Second season was last season when we came second. So we haven't had to deal with that dragging yourself in to talk about it yet. 80% of our episodes have been after we've won. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's been the Chelsea 2-2, the Chelsea semi-final. You know, there's been those games where it, we have been crushed and it's hard, but... That Chelsea 2-2 was... Yeah. It's disgusting, that. Horrible. But it is cathartic to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's another aspect of why the podcast happens as well. There's, Do you know what I do? One thing, sorry to jump in, but where there was no catharsis to me was Newcastle. After yeah. that, that was yeah. I was abject. Yeah, yeah. That was a, I was kind of in mourning for about two months afterwards, weirdly. Just kind of mourned the end of the season, but also mm. that sense of injustice that it shouldn't have been like this. Hey, we we alright we didn't win the league but 19 other teams didn't do it so why why are we one of those 19 that have then had to go into the summer feeling like absolute dog shit <laughs> like, that's what Tottenham does to you I suppose but I found that that was quite an interesting one but you had the summer to get over it you kind of get rid of that um, but you kind of, the season kind of creates its own narrative, and with that, you do in in the podcast. You know, you you maybe you identify somebody that you're just gonna single out and kind of hate for six months. Say, kind of did it with Ericsson a little bit at the start of this season, which is not having him. No real reason why, but that kind of creates your own mm. narrative, and you'd hope that it doesn't influence anyone else. I mean, it's a bit probably. It, it, probably be a lie to say that it doesn't but it's at the end of the day it's just us sticking our opinions onto something that you can put out on the internet so not really mean anything does it well that feels like a pretty natural and nice little place to wrap things up mate yeah thanks so thanks for your time um if anyone who's listening to this doesn't already listen to the Tottenham way and uh I genuinely and sincerely do suggest that you do. Um, I'm a massive fan. I genuinely am, mate. Very good. It's a very good podcast. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Um, where can I follow you on Twitter? Where can they listen to pods? Uh, so, the personal accounts for Tottenham Way, I'm at TomFoynes87 and Dan is at Dan underscore KP. The podcast itself is at the Tottenham Way. 
Um, and you can download us on Audio Boom and iTunes and yeah, basically wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, we've done a couple of summer specials and we've now about two weeks away from the season preview for uh, yeah season three, which is quite exciting. You're going to stick your sponsors in there as well. Now you've sold out. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are getting. And there. if you like shaving, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know what? Yeah. That is the hardest thing I've had to do in this podcast yeah. thing. Yeah. It's all right. You, yeah, you were talking to me about it. And you, yeah, it's all. It is all right. And also, I mean, we were saying earlier about if you don't, you know, we're not looking to make money, and we're not. We're not doing it. But again, if someone offers you. Like a little bit it's also time. running costs, right? They, they, they yeah. legitimately are running costs. Yeah, and stuff and as well. look, it's paying for the. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I hope Dan doesn't mind me putting it out there, but there is hopefully going to be a new website um, coming out really soon. Um, so you know, you got you got to pay for that. You've got to cover those sort of costs. So got to um, put food in the table. Got to put food in the table. Got to put food in the table. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, um, look out for that as well. So the new website will be thetottenhamway.com, I imagine. Thank you very much, Tom Hayward. Lads, lasses, anybody listening, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the summer specials. Raj and I uh, will be back soon with the usual running order for Rule the Roost. We'll be speaking to Taylor and Bestie, obviously, with Newcastle being the first game of the season. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. good fun. Good yeah, fun, the Geordie lads, Smelly yeah. Bob. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Enjoy. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 